good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you are joining me. My name is Jill. This is Jill's Journals Out Loud. Today, well, right now, it's uh, Tuesday, September 20th, 2022. Uh, we've been having some power and Wi-Fi outages, so I'm not 100% sure this is going to get up today, but... We're going to take a deep breath. This is going to be, if you're new, kind of a conversational podcast. Uh, I've been thinking about uh, the different types, and I had uh, the opportunity to read somebody's thoughts, not about me, but about her own learning style, and it offered me a moment to reflect, so I will be uh, covering that in a moment. But first, we're just going to define why we're here and what the purpose of all these podcasts actually are and the short version is is that you know my work is really trying to transition from the practical of survival but I can't put that away hundred uh, percent into focusing more on the mental emotional which I call basically sanity at this point in time but also the heart and the spirit which is the sacred and I don't think most people are that interested in the sacred part and as a therapist with a long history of working in crisis situations I think talking right now about uh, sanity is kind of an important issue but I'm focusing it through the lens of our nervous system primarily those of us like me who are what I call wired for danger and I wanted to re-emphasize that today because I had the opportunity to uh, spend a little time looking for where I thought, quote unquote, my people might be. And, you know, my end goal is with these podcasts is I really want to build a community of women who have, you know, ADHD, who are super creative, who are wired for danger, people who want to do the work of what is required in this moment in time. But when I was looking and I found some really cool websites uh, of women who are first responders and are doing really interesting things uh, it occurred to me you know that if I was a fire person uh, and I was busy all day doing that uh, you know the conversations I've been having wouldn't be interesting or relevant based on what my daily experience was but also as my age you know I mean I'm not retired but I'm not full-time in the workforce anymore uh, I'm not operating with a full capacity to work and participate in the world uh, the way we used to, quote-unquote, normal life was. And, uh, you know, I'm not 20 years old. I'm not starting my journey. You know, I'm not 40 years old. I'm not reevaluating myself halfway. Uh, and I'm not uh, completely disabled or completely at a point where it's just me winding things down. So we're all in a really, really, really different place. We're in a different stage in our life. We might be a man. We might be a woman. We all have radically different experiences. We all had radically different upbringings. And so the question I was asking, like, what is the common theme that we could find that would be meaningful regardless of the circumstance in which we find ourselves and you know I think that's where I tend to bump heads is that uh, it's the least important thing is what's going on out in the world although right now it feels very important you know the most most important thing is the process we have within ourselves about that thing 
but the value of where we are in that range is different for all of us. And so, you know, I was making a list of the people that I like to listen to or read or watch, and they're really divided into three very distinct groups. And the first group is uh, entertainment. I've talked to you about, you know, sometimes I use podcasts to go to sleep at night because I just need to stop thinking. And I've never had that in my life where I haven't been able to just turn everything off and go right to sleep. But there's just so much going on and my brain is super busy with all the things going on. I need a distraction. So I listen to things that are fairly meaningless, that do not require me to really think, but they're distractive. And I also know I won't pay for those things because I don't really value them. The next category, and I invite you to ask yourself these questions also. The next category for me is what is happening out in the world. Not because it's the most important thing, but it is relevant, right? If the uh, railroad had gone out on strike uh, and supplies would have dried up, it would be nice to know that ahead of time so I could get extra stuff. Uh, if it's going to rain, I'm just, you know, like I'm on the weather 24-7 because everything about the rain and the elements define, you know, how I'm going to spend my day, what kinds of things I need to prepare for, uh, where I'm going to invest my time and energy. You know, if I'm a first responder, I don't have the luxury of getting any of that information. I just have to show up for my 24 or 48 hour shift or whatever it is and be ready for anything. And, and time doing that kind of work will help teach me what do I need to bring with me, what kind of clothes do I need to wear, what kind of food do I need to assist me in my shift of wild uncertainty. And then, you know, as you figure out the, to the toll it takes, what do I need to do to recover? How can I uh, buffer some of this so that it's not causing so much damage? Uh, how is this impacting my relationship? Uh, because you can't control what's happening at work, but you do have some control over how you let it affect you. And, and so it's important to know what's going on out in the world, and I value that information, but to me that's only kind of medium important. Uh, the most important information for me is inner process, and that isn't outcome, it's inner, meaning how do I deal with the uncertainty? How do I deal with the current events? How do I deal with the weather? How do I deal with my fatigue in relationship to all those things? Uh, if I only have a limited amount of time, what am I going to spend it doing? And what has all three of those things, what they have in common is they are oriented from the starting place of asking a question. And not everybody, I've, you know, I was looking at my old podcast titles and uh, one of them was uh, why the cat killed curiosity is because not everybody's curious. But the other thing that came to my attention when I was thinking about all this is not everybody is introspective and more importantly, not everybody is interested in asking questions. And one of the things that's kind of come to a head for me is in my experience, you know, moving back into the world. Uh, since I've been with people for the last uh, six months, almost, I think of two people that have asked me questions. Nobody else asks me any questions. And, 
you know, I've tried to participate and I've tried to uh, initiate and I've tried to connect, but while everybody is good people and, uh, you know, we can solve problems together when we need to, uh, I don't have the kind of conversations that I value. Uh, and they don't interact with me in a way that they value. And so there's just some, you know, disconnection there in addition to, you know, the personal stuff I have that just bottom line makes it hard to be around me. But but it's also at an emotional level. And we, uh, most of us don't think about where our emotional issues bump into how we interact with people. Uh, and, you know, the best example I had of that was with a neighbor who, Instead of taking 30 seconds to clarify with me a miscommunication, spent two hours waiting for me to show up because I had a different day that I said that rather than what he heard, and then feeling righteous because I did something wrong and wouldn't take 30 seconds to just ask. And that was like, for me I'm like well I don't know how to interact with you anymore because if you won't initiate with one question are we going today or did we did I get the days mixed up right I mean what's why is that hard but we'll spend two hours fuming about the fact that uh, I in his mind I got the information wrong now in my mind I said it out loud three times specifically to avoid that but he didn't hear that and that is the essence of why so many of us bump heads and don't connect but we do that because we're all moving from this very different place within ourselves and uh, you know one of the reasons uh, we go to therapy which you know I'm not a huge fan but this is the kind of thing where therapy is really really helpful is to get a objective perspective that's not involved in your personal issues and and you know one of the things to me that was most interesting you know in terms of my learning curve about myself and others is we make a lot of our decisions before we're two years old a lot of our decisions about life and people and ourselves are non-verbal and you know it can be something as simple as you know somebody leaves you in the crib to cry endlessly uh, you know, they're following what the pediatrician said, let your baby cry itself to sleep. Uh, so the parent lets the baby cry itself to sleep. But the internal message of that infant mind is, uh, I'm begging for help. I'm begging someone to hear me. I'm begging in the only way I know how for someone to come and attend to me. And it's not happening. And so there's a percentage of people that just give up. And then they are, that's the wound, right? That's one of those origin or primary wounds that's nonverbal that you may go your entire life without recognizing is in there. But it will go your entire life in terms of affecting you. And so we all have these things sort of uh, gurgling under the, the the baseline of our thinking and feeling and interacting but but 99.9 percent of us aren't thinking about it we're just observing what other people are doing what other people are say, saying and who we are and you know what we're upset about and doing all this other stuff and so the reason I bring that up is kind of a long-winded way to get back to this idea like what do we do when we all have very different we're all in different stages we all have different life experiences 
Uh, we all have different values. You've heard me talk about that quite a bit. We all have different needs. Do we have the capacity to be in relationship with each other at all? And, you know, I've said more than once, and I think this is true, when your survival is on the line, you're going to be much more accommodating to people's stuff that pisses you off. But if it's not on the line or if it's so out of alignment with what you're comfortable with, uh, you know, that's when great big problems or somebody has to leave. Usually that's me, but, you know, that's what happens. And the answer to that is the one that nobody likes, and that's the ability to ask questions. But more importantly than asking the question is the ability to hear and understand what the other person is saying. And I was thinking about that, like I said, when I was looking at these different websites and looking at how many uh people you know want to be helpful they want to do the right thing and these are the people that make me happy and the ones that you know reach out and try to be in service and and then I was thinking well the first half of your life you know you spend running around trying to rescue everybody else and then it burns you out and you're broken and you have to you're either sick or you have to withdraw and put yourself back together and then find a new way to do that same thing in the world and so you know this idea that I had was oh I really want to talk to women like me who are wired to run into the danger but the problem is is we're all in a wildly different place in terms of where we are developing with our own personal experiences in terms of you know when you're a certain age you're a kid and you're still maturing when you're another age you think about parenting or you are parenting you know once the kids are out then you're in another stage and then once your health is kind of gone you're in another stage and so we're all in wildly different places but the point of which all of us regardless of who you are and what your nervous system is all about is the capacity to ask questions and then seek to understand and so Uh, I came up with a super concrete example about that. Um, Somebody uh, was in my car and they spilled coffee. And uh, the coffee cup was open and full. And so, you know, it wasn't a great big surprise that the coffee cup spilled. And so their their immediate reaction was to apologize and, you know, offer to clean it up. And so this isn't about the spilled coffee. This is about the fact that I have that same issue where I constantly am spilling things. And most of that, you know, is the the way that I live in a tiny space. And, uh, And so one of the things that I decided to do was instead of getting mad at me or getting mad at a dog or whatever, was to try to problem solve. And that was the question. How do I keep my open containers from spilling in the car, in the house, just on me, uh, on the counter? It's just a repeating problem. And so the solutions I came up with were, was I have a mason jar. I drink out of mason jars and I have screw top lids. And so I keep all my drinking beverages that aren't hot in that screw top because when it falls over, it doesn't spill and so the habit then must become to make sure that that top is uh, all the way down well yesterday uh, or yeah the same day that the other person spilled I was sitting in up on the the bed platform and I have a tray 
where I keep my coffee for that exact reason, right? So it drips out of the French press and it's sometimes I spill, right? Because I fill it up to the top and the bed isn't stable. Well, the dog did something, knocked the tray and the coffee spilled and filled up the tray. And so my, the whole point of having the tray was to catch the liquid, but the tray apparently leaks. And so, you know, my initial reaction, because I'm still not feeling good, is a bit of a short, like, no, you know, at the dog, because she didn't do it on purpose, that she's still a puppy. But the reality is, is it's not her job to avoid my beverages from spilling. Uh, Because of my personal wiring system, I am more apt to react uh, in a more dynamic way than somebody else. And... Uh, she's a puppy and she's going to be thrashing around. So, you know, I have two questions. Do I want to keep yelling at my dog? No. So how do I manage myself so that I'm not yelling at my dog for things that aren't her responsibility? And two, the tray is leaking. So now what? And while that seems stupid, that same principle applies to everyone and everything. The key underlying thing with all of this is we're not asking the right questions, but what's even more important is are we willing to hear what the answer we need to hear is. Now, the easiest thing to do is to blame the dog for spilling the coffee and not thinking about it anymore. And so when we are, when our parents didn't teach us to be problem solvers or let's say our parent just screamed and yelled at us about spilling things or telling us we're stupid or that we're clumsy or that we're a disaster all we learned to do was to shrink up get in the way get out of the way or attack back but we didn't learn concrete problem solving skills saying okay this is the third time in three days you've spilled your drink and this is what we're supposed to do as parents how do you think it would be a good idea to solve that problem. We don't give the problem back to the child. Uh, you know, I see that repeatedly uh, with the animals. And, you know, people just yell, no, 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 no. They never show the dog what, or the, the, they never show the animal what they want the behavior to be. They just bitch and yell at the behavior they don't want. And then I can still see this guy in the park. He was screaming and yelling at his dog. He was sitting on his ass. He wouldn't get up, right? He's screaming and yelling at his dog to come. And the dog didn't want to, but eventually the dog slinked over. And then he started to beat the crap out of the dog. And I said to him, I go, like, what in, why would that dog want to come back to you if you're just going to beat it? And, of course, you know, he wasn't happy that I said that. But it's true, right? If you tell me, if you're mad at me and you say, come closer, and then you hit me, what incentive do I have to come closer when the grown-up thing to do would be to say, all right, I'm super frustrated right now and I can't talk about it, but I'm going to come back in a few minutes and we're going to talk about why you keep spilling the coffee or the Kool-Aid or the water or the soup or whatever. So it's taking the focus off the thing or the, uh, the circumstance and it's asking the question. And And so this is, you know, how many minutes am I into this now? So now I'm getting to the main point. And so in my mind, if you're somebody who's wired for danger, 
your super focus super skill is running into the scary place and doing the hard thing but as I was thinking about that today I started to think about how most of the men that I've known that are first responder types that will run into the dangerous situation are the least likely to look at something that is emotionally or mentally uncomfortable like they're super good about running into a burning building but they're just the worst when it comes to acknowledging what's going on within themselves and I don't know if women are the same way but all of a sudden I'm having this thought that uh, in my mind because I'm like this I wonder if other people are and I don't know I think that's going to be a really good question but the reason why I think it's so important is it isn't just about looking at what your motivations are if we're we don't have the courage to look out into the world and see what's actually going on there we will never get to the truth about what's going on within ourselves and that's a maturity process you're not supposed to be 20 something years old and being deeply introspective and have all the answers about what's going on out in the world what's going on out with you I mean that's just not what life is we weren't born to be perfect and evolved we were born to have a life and to have experiences and to learn and we all have wildly different things to learn about and the reality is is we have some shared personality traits some of us are all wired a certain way we have shared uh, nervous system traits we have shared cultural experiences we have shared uh, memories but we all have a wildly different internal process that has some overlap but because it's true for us it doesn't mean it's true for everybody else and so uh, you know this is a 20 plus minute now diatribe into something that I was thinking about this morning and you know getting back to where we started like most people don't sit around and think about this stuff and I totally get that and uh, I you know don't even like to talk about these things because for the most part most people aren't interested but the flip side is that this is what I'm interested in I am superficially interested in entertainment sometimes because you need that balance I am mild to medium interested in current events or the external world just because uh, it doesn't matter what any of us do we still need to eat we still need food and water we still need shelter right we still need to be able to drive around we still need to know you know if bombs are going off down the street right there's just certain things you have to know and being oblivious to the practical world just doesn't accomplish much but make your life more complicated so especially as uh, you get more dependent on uh, having to do things you know that aren't automated for you and to in responsibilities taken away from you like water and energy and things like that so that's mild to medium but the, to me the meaningful stuff is what's going on within and why am I doing it and what does it mean and how most importantly what can I learn how am I growing from it what is the reason this is happening to me it's not about the puppy being a puppy but it's about why am I short-tempered why am I still not feeling okay right what is it that I need to do to keep moving the gate forward instead of just 
you know, blaming everybody or wallowing in self-pity. Not that there's not a little bit of that, but things like that. And and I think, unfortunately, it's exceedingly rare. And what's been really interesting, you know, for me on this whole YouTube podcast journey I've been on for so long now is for whatever reason, right, in the midst of all of the content out there, there's people that show up, you know, that actually think about these things and value these ideas and this information. And those, all of you are the ones that make me believe that it's not a a total party of one, right? That I'm not the only one that thinks about these things. But I think the shared point is that we ask questions. We want to understand. And more importantly, we want to hear what the answer is. And what I see happening is there's a because the truths out there are so unbearable, whether it's about the weather, whether it's about politics, whether it's about money, whether it's about ourselves, whether it's about health, because the truths are so unbearable, we're, we don't want to ask questions anymore. And I will tell you, you know, these last few years, for the first time in my life, I have done avoidance. I never did avoidance. In fact, uh, you know, someone commented they can't believe the things I say out loud because I am very direct and very blunt and very bottom line because I would just rather know. It's so excruciating to try to guess and to navigate and to, uh, you know, figure stuff out. To me, what's powerful is to know the truth even when it makes me super uncomfortable. And it may take me a month, it may take me a year, it could be 40 years, right? I mean, I've been battling something I asked about, you know, it's been almost four years and I'm still having a hissy fit about it. So it isn't that it's simple or it's easy or that it's comfort driven or that it's fun. There's just something in you that must. And to me, that's the only thing that's meaningful because that's the journey of the spirit through the heart and the mind and the body are something that must function if we are to survive and to stay sane but for me my journey is meaning is found in the emotional spiritual truths in which I can look at anything and not let it take me out but that really isn't something that most people are interested in we're very focused on killing the thing that we don't like right beating it Uh, ignoring it, leaving it, running away from it, you know, just all this other stuff. And so in my mind, whether it's true or not, people who are wired to confront danger have the nervous system that has the capacity to move towards danger. But that may or may not be true because we all have such a different upbringing and and a different relationship with people and a different set of, you know, primary injuries as children. Uh, and we have different traumas, and they affected us all differently. And we have different goals, and we're in different stages. But what we can agree on if we want to is the process itself of asking questions. And what I've learned as I've gotten, you know, older and more falling apart is that just because I want to do all this doesn't mean that my mind and my spirit and my emotions and my body can deal with it in the same way. And so whatever you know has been going on with me for the last two weeks, 
I can't turn my stress response off. It's lower, but it's still on. And, you know, I've done 8 million different kinds of gymnastics trying to get rid of it, and it's still on. And so I don't know if it's the food. I don't know if it's the weather. I don't know if I was looking at a journal entry for two months ago, and I had like 15 things that were all the scary things that are getting ready for the hammers to fall. Maybe there's something bad in the ethers getting ready to come down. I don't know anymore. I just know... I can't turn it off and a lot of that is I believe because I am damaged from a lifetime of having a stress response that's that's in crisis way too much of the time and so that's sort of the downfall of the wired for danger person is that they are uh, in crisis too often and it gets all the systems get worn out and the older you get the less ability you have to tone it down or turn it off and uh, you know it's one of the things I learned uh, in aging you know in a social work school was that the simplest way to describe it is as you get older that stress switch in your brain can't turn anxiety off not because the anxiety is real but because the switch itself because it's been held it's like the accelerator has been to the ground the floor for so long it no longer has the ability to, the spring is gone. It can't lift itself back up. And so now I'm concerned. I think, well, have I done something or am I doing something that's exacerbating the situation because of a long history? But these are questions. And I don't know how to go on, out and into the world without asking questions. And so I guess uh, I wanted to talk about all this today because... I don't even see the audio recording. Oh, uh, you know, I wanted to talk about all this today because to me, having meaning and having deep, real conversations and deep, authentic thinking and feeling and exploring, that's why I wake up in the morning. And I realize not everybody does. And most people won't. And... Uh, you know, I think a really good example of that is, you know, this morning I heard uh, what was still dark and Haven, uh, my new puppy, was licking. But for a minute it sounded just like freedom. And my thinking was, freedom's awake. And then I realized freedom's gone and I was sad. And in the last two days, two other people have shared their sadness about losses that they've had but in the entire time I've been here not one person has acknowledged that I've lost freedom not one person has asked how I'm doing having lost freedom and there's been some other incidences so there's no value in talking about these shared experiences but even though, you know, I'm somebody that's capable of doing that. So it's, it's just really interesting to me when we don't ask questions, not just about ourselves, but about others, we can't hear truths, right? We can't connect. And, you know, what I want to say, what just popped into my mind, and I want to do the flip side before anybody emails me with personal questions, is that the flip side is I've seen wildly inappropriate questions come through 
the email from total strangers wanting like full disclosure about personal things and I have no idea who you are I don't know anything about you and there's just sort of this entitlement right that I emailed you and you're supposed to tell me all the stuff and I remember a long time ago I did a blog posting and I had a guy email me and he says you know I never thought about that I would just get mad that the other person did not respond and I never occurred to me that uh, they didn't that they had no reason to respond to me because they don't know who I am Uh, you know we're so disconnected from what's real at this moment in time it's just shocking but so uh, you know that's kind of a big heavy overwhelming set of ideas I'm sitting here watching the battery just drain out I'm not even gonna be able to do more than 30 minutes on this laptop uh, at one time and the only place I can plug in I can't record so that sort of brings me here at the end uh, tick tock as the, the power goes away uh, to some other stuff that I wanted to just cover I am sure only the hardcore people are still here but uh, one is I I cannot you know I've been four years fussing trying to get some kind of system in place where I can just work like all I wanted was the old days where I can just sit down and I can do my work and I have electricity and I have internet and you know it's so close but I while I have internet and electricity here there's no way shape or form I can put everything together on a regular basis and get it done I can't even do interviews because of being you know in this rural area we have no idea if it's gonna work we have no idea if it's gonna hold and we have no idea if uh, there'll be enough signal to even do some kind of interview process in fact I even my phone which has half a bar most of the time in certain spots that's been dropping and just disappearing for hours at a time and it's been since I've been here I don't have internet in the house but I can put my phone in certain places and get a connection even those aren't holding and then no matter how much I walk around it just go it's just gone so uh, I'm super frustrated with the physical logistics of all of this and uh, you know I keep telling myself oh once I get it all together then I'll be able to work consistently and I'll be able to get this stuff out and then I can move forward but I just kind of keep you know like pedaling in the middle somewhere because I can't create what I want because I can't get a system in place that allows that to happen without losing my mind and uh, this is the third take because every time I sat down the dog was up and down and throwing things and knocking crap over and then she runs in the back and in her mind the back is the bathroom I mean it's just so on this third take after me getting upset she laid down and now she's back to sleep and and so I don't like you know what's happening with me and her because I can't get her energy out but I also can't work and so I you know I don't know what the answer is I'm really frustrated and uh, you know I've made the decision uh, well that's not true I'm I have to uh, you know you've heard me talk about being able to go back to California and where I'm at that point where I'm pretty much need to be able to go at the drop of a hat I thought I had to go last Sunday but that backed off and uh, so I'm on hold with that and it's just 
there's so much going on out in the world. And, you know, as I say all that loud, maybe that's what the anxiety is. There's so many things that are out of control that I feel very out of control. And so uh, I can't. And then whatever's going on with this food process, you know, that's not working out. And I don't know what else to do. And and so, you know, I just got the trailer unpacked. And now I'm repacking. <laughs> and so... I'm doing my best. And so I feel really frustrated. I feel frustrated that I can't produce the content I want. I feel frustrated that I can't run it as a business to get and find the people that I really want to connect with. And while I'm wildly grateful, and you guys, you know, as a tiny group have been so supportive and so generous with me, um, and I'm so appreciative. And, but you know, it's like I got to, it's I'm so frustrated because I was talking to a friend of mine and she's like well I can't wait to see where the adventure takes you next and I said yeah but the problem is is I only have enough energy to do one hour of the adventure a day and then I have to wait until the next day shows up so I can spend that one hour moving the adventure forward and I've been having this conversation with myself for so long like when am I going to ever have enough energy to function as a human being and now I'm starting to feel like you know I was hopeful that if I had changed my eating that I would get some more energy and I've had some really really good days but whatever's gone on with me the last two weeks has been like a huge backslide and maybe that's just part of the process I don't know Uh, I wasn't as careful with the food because I'm having a lot of trouble Uh, eating enough I'm losing a lot of weight really fast and uh, you know it's not my goal to walk into a famine of winter famine underweight and so it's uh, it's been very difficult and so you know and and I don't want to be the person that keeps apologizing because I keep spilling my coffee you know in the sense that I keep apologizing because I can't get my content up to par Uh, And so those are the questions I'm asking. You know, what kind of information is valuable to me and why am I not producing that? I'm just doing this thing in the middle uh, that isn't working. And so uh, I, again, you know, I'm super appreciative of all of you and you you are awesome. Uh, And I love the positive feedback. I love the generosity. I love that you're here long term. Uh, It's really nice knowing that some of you are out there because I think that's sort of the other problem is I've been in community, but I still feel totally alone. And I've always said that it's worse to me to be in the presence of other people and feel alone than to be alone. Because at least when I'm alone, I feel extremely connected to God and to nature and to the animals and to the earth. And I'm not lonely. The only time I feel lonely is when I'm in the presence of other people. And Uh, And that's, you know, one of my hopes that when I produce these podcasts that it gives those of you who are like me that are kind of isolated and disconnected some sense of connection, not because we have, you know, the exact shared experience, but because you're sitting out there too, right? And, And maybe asking these questions and looking around and saying, I don't know how to do this exactly Right, so I'm doing the best I can, but it just never feels good enough. It never feels caught up. I heard one time where uh, a man's to-do list is 
whatever he gets done for the light, for the day. Uh, a woman's to-do list just never gets done. <laughs> and that's why I keep a running pad of everything I have to do. And it's just never ending. All right, well, my battery is officially crapped. I'm getting little flashing things at me. So that's my spiel for today. So I'm going to just let you know right now, in terms of the schedule, I have been doing Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, but... Uh, I don't know what I'm I'm rethinking all this I still want to post on the regular basis this is still my favorite platform and I'm still going to keep talking like this this is who I am this is the conversational style of learning of listening of engaging it's not facts it's not statistics it's just me trying to talk from my heart share a little bit about my experiences uh, and what I understand uh, and hopefully you will gain wisdom and and find value in that because that's what I like to listen to and so I don't think uh, I can try to be something that's not important or valuable to me so yay if you're still here way at the end and with that my friends uh, we're going to say goodbye because the computer is going to say goodbye for me if I don't, if I don't stop talking. All right, have an awesome day, deep breath, and I will see you next time.